Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Telegraph. Podcasts. As the UK's new normal begins to take shape, we're asking how many rules are too many rules? This is coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. You should not be meeting friends. You should not be meeting family members who do not live you in You should not be going shopping except for essentials like food. You should observe social distancing uh, while you're there. Three months after the Prime Minister announced his first lockdown restrictions, being told what we should and shouldn't do has fast become the new normal. The rules have, of course, changed. And while the early guidance was simple, altogether now, stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives, easing the measures is much more complex. In late June, we find ourselves living under a litany of rules as the government attempts to restore some freedoms whilst maintaining public health. You can have a plumber over, but don't give them a cup of tea. You'll soon be able to ride a roller coaster, but try not to scream. Government guidance specifically prohibits anything that might cause people to shout. And from the 4th of July, you can go to a restaurant, but forget your manners. You'll have to ignore anyone you bump into outside of your household or social bubble. The price of freedom, it seems, is a complex web of measures. But at what point does the human brain look at the multiple complexities of the rules and decide to start bypassing them altogether? And how can the government use behavioural psychology to make them stick? Earlier, I spoke to Professor Ben Voyer. He's a behavioural scientist and visiting fellow at the LSE. Ben is the kind of person you'd want at your dinner party. He's brilliant at distilling complicated psychological theory into pithy, relatable explanations. And I started by throwing him in at the deep end and asking, how many rules are too many rules? Well, I think it's a question that is difficult to answer. What we know is that uh, simplicity is better. So if we have few rules that are very easy to understand and very easy to implement, they are going to be uh, efficient and they are going to have an effect. The issue at the moment is that people are under high cognitive load. They have a lot of information to process at the same time and it makes... Um, it makes it more difficult for them to actually implement all those rules uh, in uh, their behaviors. So what really matters here is to make things as simple as possible and as stable as possible. The more rules are confusing, subject to interpretation, the more rules are changing all the time, the less it is that people are going to follow the rules. 
Professor Boy, from a behavioural psychology perspective, those principles of clarity and unambiguity, do you personally think that those are principles that the government is following effectively at the moment as it tries to ease us out of the lockdown? I think people are getting confused because a lot of the rules are being relaxed at the moment, which make people question uh, why the rule had to be that way or such way in the first instance. Mm. So when you think that, for instance, we went from a two-meter social distancing to a one-meter social distancing, uh, this may create confusion uh, for some people as to why suddenly the, vi- the virus hasn't changed, uh, but suddenly the rule has changed. So why is this the case? Uh, and that's the main issue. The main issue is that we need to find a common voice for rules that makes rules simple and stable so that people can have the time to incorporate them into their behaviours and habits. Is it also the case, Professor Voyer, that it's just harder to stick to restrictions the longer that they go on? That's something that is very true. We know from research on people that have chronic disease that they tend to adhere to their treatment at the beginning, but as time goes by, they find it more difficult to stick uh, to their treatment. The same goes with rules. Initially, uh, there is willingness um, from people to stick to the rules because people understand the urgency, people understand the need. But as time goes on, as people maybe fail to see results materializing, people can start to doubt or apply them inconsistently. Uh, And that's the real challenge. The real challenge is that we need to treat it as something that is a long-term desired behavior. And so we need to constantly adapt our communication to make sure that people get reminded of the importance of those rules. What do you mean by adapting our communication? Do you mean the messaging around, around the rules? I mean, we heard stay home, save lives, protect the NHS repeated again and again and again and again. How do you strike the balance between keeping messaging clear and keeping it fresh? That's the most important. Striking that balance is the most important. We will find that right balance by having um, guidelines that are simple. Uh, People like simplicity. Uh, And if we can use communication strategies that draw on people's habitual behaviors. So for instance, when you see a red light, you stop. That's a habit. You don't need Mm -hmm. to think about it whenever you see a red light. Seeing a red light is enough to trigger in you that stopping behavior. We need to be able to find communication strategies that trigger the same automatic reaction for the rules to really work as best as they're intended to work. You use the example of the red light there. Do you think that visual communication is more powerful than verbal? Visual communication is extremely powerful because unlike verbal communication, it is often processed in a much more implicit way. So if we see, for instance, we've seen, uh, you may have seen this picture of a park uh, in New York where you had circles Mm -hmm. and people were invited to actually sit within the circles. That's a fantastic use of visual prompts to nudge people into social distancing. And if you drop down the level of communication from something that is very rational, like the kind of verbal messages that we may have sometimes tried to convince and persuade people that they should be changing their behaviors. If you manage to make people switch to another way of processing 
discussing this deformation, which is much more implicit and much more based on what they used to do, which is reactor signals, it is going to be much more powerful. You still need a balance between the rational messages and the more signal visual based messages, because not everyone processed the information the same way. I think your circle example there, and I did see that picture in New York, is a really good one as well, because there's definitely an element of of public shaming. If you are sitting there outside the circle or nearer to another circle, it's so obvious for everyone um, around you. So it's almost like positive peer pressure. Absolutely. One crucial factor in making sure people respect rules is to develop an understanding that the social norm is that you stick to the rules. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a concrete example. I walk out today on the streets of London in my neighborhood. If I see that, or if I sense that not many people are wearing a face mask, I will infer that the social norm is that people do not wear a mask in public. And that's the real issue is once you get to a stage where the social norm or the perceived social norm is that people stick to the rules, you've won the battle. People will stick to the rules. We know in research that if you tell people that 80% of people follow the norm, 90% of people, there's an interesting example um, of research saying 90% of people arrive on time at their GP's appointment. Research suggests that that's a nudge that is sufficient to increase people's likelihood to turn up on time to their GP appointment. Gosh, we are a nation of sheep, aren't we? Professor Voyer, we've spoken about easing the lockdown and how you should change the messaging often, but not actually change the rules too often. Keep them simple, unambiguous. But what could be on the horizon for the UK, or at least regions or or parts of the UK, could be a localised return to the rules. How difficult is it going to be for the government to change people's behaviour again? That potentially will be even more difficult than the first time. People have been forgiving that um, at the moment a lot of the rules seem to be changing regularly because there was no scientific consensus. There seemed to be no scientific consensus on to what should be the norm and what should be the rules. But as we're gaining a better understanding of the virus and how it works, um, we need a clear set of rules that are backed by science that can be then communicated in a clear way to the general public. Otherwise, people will absolutely rebel against a new lockdown uh, unless there are very clear criteria as to why we're going there uh, and what are the rules uh, that will govern us going out of lockdown again. And if we do find ourselves in that in that situation, obviously we we really hope that we don't. What lessons should the government learn from how they navigated their way into the first lockdown? The main lesson is transparency. Give out as much evidence and as much um, facts and figures and science base um, rational for the decision that you're taking. If we would be told that we're going to be looking at the r not and a few other factors as the reasons why we should be moving up or down a level, and if we're given regular feedback in terms of how these are moving up or down, people will pay attention to these. And it's likely that at some point when we're reaching or we're getting close to a threshold where we would move up one level, meaning restrictions would be, new restrictions would be put in place, then people are likely to be like, well, Mm -hmm. that's a signal that we're approaching the red light, we need to slow down, we need to stop, we need to be better at sticking to the rules. So feedback is essential. Transparency, 
um, consistency and feedback are the three things that can make those policies more efficient from a behavioral science point of view. We're talking on Wednesday after a day of changes on Tuesday, or at least announcements of changes coming on July the 4th. It is the 24th of June today. July the 4th isn't around the corner. Is that too early to make large announcements? Is there a risk that people will start to break the rules now because the end is so in sight? There is a risk. Um, in fact, it goes down to whether you're easing out or uh, strengthening the measures. Uh, and the direction uh, in which you're going from hard to easy or easy to hard is really what um, should direct whether you need to give people a lot of notice. Typically, if uh, you're going into something uh, that is going to be difficult, you may want to give a bit of notice so that people can get ready, um, either by organizing themselves or mentally um, to something uh, tough coming up. Mm -hmm. If this is going into the easier side of things, the risk is indeed that people understand that well, in two weeks' time, this is going to happen and, and things are going to reopen even more massively. So the risk or the message is it's fine. It's going to be even finer. And so you're kind of releasing the pressure by doing that. At this stage, it's more a matter of if you're going to relax rules, then it's best to do it very quickly so that you don't end up in that limbo of time when you know something easier is coming up and so people are quickly relaxing uh, anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so my, my personal opinion on that would be to say, if you're going to relax things, just announce that from today or from tomorrow onwards, these will be relaxed. Mm. And possibly not open pubs on a Saturday, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the major changes that Boris Johnson announced on Tuesday was the change um, from the two metre social distancing rule to one metre plus. So at least one metre, that's changed that will allow pubs and restaurants and other areas of hospitality to open a lot more easily come July the 4th. Tables will only have to be at least one metre away rather than two metres. That word plus, one metre plus, You've told me that ambiguity isn't good for, for getting people to adhere to the rules. That little word plus strikes me as ever so slightly ambiguous. Is that likely to have an effect on people's behaviour? Um, well, the plus thing, uh, the devil is in the detail on that. To be honest, the plus is probably not a welcome addition. If it's a rule of one metre, it is understood by default that it should be one meter plus. Mm -hmm. So the plus to me is something that is likely um, to, again, put a message in the confusing zone and meaning that people uh, may be unlikely uh, or maybe find it confusing more than helpful um, and may not actually end up um, thinking much of it. The, the problem is that if that creates confusion, or if that means that people think, oh, well, the government doesn't know, or, you know, oh, well, the government uh, can't get experts to agree between one and two, so they've gone into this wishy-washy of one meter plus, it's not going to help either. People are after binary advice, yes or no type of advice. At this stage, that's what they need. Anything that's subject to interpretation, anything that is not clear, is less likely to have this kind of or trigger this kind of fight or flight reaction uh, and automatic reaction to those messages. And that's a real issue. Professor Benvoye, behavioural scientist and visiting fellow at the LSE, thank you very much. You're welcome. Pleasure joining today.
The rest of the coronavirus latest news. People in Scotland will be allowed to meet indoors with two other households from the 10th of July and pubs and restaurants can reopen from the 15th. It comes as Scotland confirmed a weekly total of 49 deaths with the virus, its lowest figure since the lockdown began in March. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon also said the five-mile travel limit will be lifted from the 3rd of July, while beer gardens can reopen from the 6th of July. The new measures won't apply to those who are shielding and Ms Sturgeon insisted the changes would be reversed in the event of a fresh outbreak. Health leaders are calling for an urgent review to ensure Britain's properly prepared for a second wave of the virus. Signatories of an open letter, including presidents of the Royal College of Physicians, surgeons, GPs and nursing, and the chairman of the British Medical Association, say there's a real risk the UK could see a new outbreak this winter. They warn leaders of all UK political parties that a rapid assessment of the country's preparedness is needed to prevent further loss of life and to protect the economy. It came as the UK confirmed another 150 54 daily deaths in all settings. A Brazilian judge has ordered the country's president, Jair Bolsonaro, to wear a face mask when circulating in the capital, Brasilia. The president sparked outrage by repeatedly flouting measures after the country confirmed more than 50,000 deaths. Wearing a face mask has been compulsory in the capital's region since late April. A federal judge said the leader's behaviour was at best disrespectful and warned President Bolsonaro he'd face a daily fine of around £310 if he continued to break the rules. As always, you can read more on any of those stories by following the links in the show notes to this episode. If you're not already a Telegraph subscriber, listeners can get 30 days completely free at telegraph.co.uk slash audio. If you do decide to take up that offer, I would use it to read our global health security editor, Paul Nuki's piece on why COVID-19 kills nearly twice as many men as women. That's a phenomenon we've known about for quite some time, but there's an increasing amount of evidence as to why that might be. The link to that is also in the show description. I'll be back on Friday evening with your next episode. If there's a topic you think I should be covering, send me an email. The address is coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.